This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Bills are out on the practice field, and we hope to have one of them here in studio today. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, back at it. Bass is pumping. Music's going. It's a brisk, nippy day today, Steve. You can feel it as soon as you walk yeah, out there. It's getting there. It won't, it's going to be about like this, at least, Sunday, I think they right? said 44. It's a little warmer than this. Game then, time right? kickoff temperature because they're playing at 4 in the afternoon, which is the warmest right. part of the day, and then it'll just get cooler from there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Trust me. The most interesting part about the game day forecast is towards the back half of the game, there is precipitation moving into the area. So there might be some rain somewhere in the second half, and then overnight it's supposed to be a soaker Sunday into Monday. So there's that. Yeah, that's the thing. You hate wet rain because once you – you know, if it's snowy, it, you kind of brush it off and you don't get wet. You get wet, you stay cold oh, yeah. until you dry out. And you can't dry out if you get wet on the opening kickoff. Take my word for it. If you get wet on the opening kickoff, you never thaw out. It's yeah. the worst. There's no relief. It's the absolute worst. You go in at halftime, you, all you can do is really change it you're into a dry T-shirt under your jersey and pads, and you're right back where you started, you know. So it's, it's yeah. That's the worst part about it. The cold is – and the fans the fans know this, too. But nobody knows it like Buffalo fans. They've got all their little tricks. The cardboard under your feet in the stands, that is, you know, keeps you from you know, standing on that icy concrete all day. That really helps. And then you, know, you layer up, right? And the, the, fan, the coaches and players have it better than anybody. They've got those heated benches, the torpedo heaters. It's great down there on the sidelines, the best. Torpedo heater. Yeah, those big, you know. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. It's a good way to describe it. And so, the, you know, the players and coaches got it great, but when you're on the field, you know, that's, there's no escape. And, and it's interesting, too. I've, there's, because, you know, I was a special teams guy, so I played one play at a time my entire career. I didn't get to have to go out there and stay, you mm-hmm. know. So, you get out on the field and your concentration level goes to that level where you're, you know, you're, it's fight or flight. I mean, you like, you can't even think about anything else, how cold it is or anything. I've never, I maybe, I, I can't even think of a game where I was in the game for a long enough period where the cold started to get me. Now, you know, you had to, the footing, yeah, you had to kind of stomp your feet a little bit and stay upright, but it, it's got to be way beyond where it's going to be Sunday for that to like enter into, you know, where you, your, your concentration level is altered by the, by the wind and the rain. It's a distraction sometimes, but it doesn't like, it's like never makes it so, man, I don't want to be here. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get you know it. What I mean, I get it. I get it. I, I guess I, I put it in a distraction or a, an adjustment to the conditions is different than just being so cold. You can't even function. Right. We, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit warmer than it is today yeah, on game day. It's 41 right now here. It'll be a little bit warmer. It'll be a little bit warmer than this. And, it, it, you know, the wind is the thing, too. It can... Yeah, I didn't see any significant wind in the no, forecast, but be. that can change knowing we're just five miles east of Lake Erie. Wind can kick up in the drop of a hat. We, uh, we'll get you your practice updates here in due course. Um, Steve and I were 
looking at different stuff out there, and I didn't really have the time to take full attendance to see who's uh, going and who's still down, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll get updates from our uh, our birdies out there in, in due course. Um, Want to remind you that it's Thursday, and here on One Bills Live, we have a public service for you. It's called the Football Relationship Hotline, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with the Football Relationship Hotline, this is how it works. You have football viewing priorities, this time of year especially. There are other things that get in the way of that priority, whether it's your family life, your married life, um, work, whatever it is. Sometimes it's holiday shopping, getting in the way of your football viewing pleasure. If these things have become an obstacle and you cannot figure a way out of them, you call us. 803-0550-1888-550-2550 is the number to ask your question, submit your dilemma, and Steve and I will give you a purposeful solution. We've helped dozens of people already this season with predicaments. We had a woman whose sister-in-law had her nephew's six-year-old birthday party at 1 p.m. the same week as the Dolphins game in week four. How do you work around that? We gave her answers. We had a guy down in Texas who's a Bills fan, found out he had a neighbor who's also a Bills fan, but she was a woman. She's married. He's married. How do you handle inviting them over to watch the game? We had an answer. You have a problem. We have a solution. Football Relationship Hotline there for you throughout the course of the show today at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. If you can't get on the phone, you can also submit your dilemma to us on the tweet sheet at one Bills live big lineup today for this thursday edition of the show coming up in about 23 minutes we will have espn nfl insider field yates with his week 15 ultimate fantasy lineup presented by FanDuel. a little bit later on in hour number one we'll have buffalobills.com content coordinator alec white in here for what they're saying what the cowboys and their coaching staff are saying about this upcoming game with the Bills. Second hour of the show, we catch up with, <coughs> excuse me, we catch up with former Cowboys uh, return man receiver Jesse Holly, who's now a broadcaster out that way for the 411 on the Cowboys. And there are some injury notes, which we'll get to in just a second. And then later on in hour number two, we hope to have Rasul Douglas sitting right here in studio next to Steve. Be good to catch up with the newest cornerback on the roster. We thought we were going to get Rasul Douglas a, Last couple week. Of, a couple of times, and every time he was about to come on the show, something happened, and he had to you know, go to a meeting or he had whatever. And so finally, we're going to get Rasul Douglas. I can studio. feel it in my bones. It's can, going to happen. I think today might be the day. I think today might be the day. Yeah. So open lines for you. Submit any uh, dilemma or issue you might have maybe the holidays are getting in the way of your football viewing as well feel free to chime in at 803-0550 we wanted to provide you with an update on the cowboys injury situation and right now it is not looking good for their number one run stuffer steve jonathan hankins he has a knee and an ankle injury and it's a high ankle sprain not considered major considered minor but basically head coach mike mccarthy said yesterday 
it's going to take a lot for him to be able to play Sunday against Buffalo. Right. So that's their number one run stuffer out of the lineup. Now, they have depth on that roster. As a matter of fact, they have a first-round pick, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. They got some dudes, yeah. Who would presumably start in his place. And then on the practice squad, they have Carl Davis. Um, has played in the league for two or three years now. Came out of Iowa. I think he was like a third-round draft choice. And he's pretty capable as well. So we'll have to see if there's a drop-off. But it kind of got me thinking, you know, knowing that the Bills may try to run a little bit, lengthen some drives, uh, and stay in favorable down and distance, maybe the task is a, a tad easier. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's never going to be easy. And, and <clears throat> yeah, we'll ask, we'll ask Jesse if he comes on. You know, what, I mean, how bad can it be for the – for the Cowboys, if you're gonna if you gotta come into Buffalo and you got Josh Allen and Steph Diggs, or would you rather have him hand it off? Um, and Bills fans are the same way. I mean, it, I, the Bills are still gonna be a pass first team, but in a team a game like this where you their pass rush is so good, and if the, and and I'm telling you, you get some mileage out of stopping a pass rush when you run at it. You run at it, and those guys are like, you know, it, it just takes the start. It's, it takes the fun out of the game. When you're an elite pass rusher, and all they do is hand it off and throw 1,600 pounds of muscle at you, and just, you know, you got to bear up and let somebody else make the tackle as you take on blockers, <laughs> that's no fun for anybody. Yeah. So it is a strategy, and you can get some benefit from it if you're the Buffalo Bills, even though you got Josh Allen at quarterback and you don't want to take the ball out of his hands. It may get easier for him when he does throw it if you can just, you know, yeah. run the ball for 5.2 yards a clip. So, as far as the Cowboys injury report goes that came out late Wednesday, obviously they're an hour behind us on Central Time, not practicing yesterday, as we mentioned, Jonathan Hankins, the defensive tackle, starting safety Malik Hooker is down with an ankle injury. Other people were getting rest days to a large degree. Um, although backup running back Rico Dowdle was limited with an ankle injury and Micah Parsons was limited due to illness. He actually played last week's game with flu-like symptoms. Didn't look like it affected him too much, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. No, he's, he's a, he's a little kidding? bit different. Yeah, he's a different dude. He's a, I, he's a unicorn like, like yeah. Josh is. He's same thing. So we'll keep an eye uh, on that, but it looks like Hankins is probably unlikely to play against the Bills on Sunday. So – you know, how they work that rotation in there in the run front will be something to keep an eye on come Sunday. 803-0550-1888-550-2550 for anything on your mind, but also the football relationship hotline. Here to lead us off is Jennifer down in Texas. What do you got for us, Jennifer? Hi, I'm good afternoon. I'm so nervous to be on the line with <laughs> with um, Chris Brown and Steve. So thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm in cowboy country. Um, that's been tough for me as as a Bills fan and being from New York. But um, beside that, my husband is kind of a Cowboys fan. He could probably not name a single player on the team, but he he claims them because we live in Texas. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so my dilemma is that when we're watching games and he knows I'm passionate about watching the Bills games, he, he'll talk to me during the games. He, he'll talk to me during a play. He knows it's not the proper time, it seems, or he doesn't know. 
Um, so I'm trying to teach him, and I'm wondering if you have tips on the proper etiquette for watching a game for my husband. Yeah, th- this is an excellent question, Jennifer. Um, and some people, despite your best efforts, just don't get the fact that you want to focus on the game and not engage in meaningful conversation at this time on a Sunday or a Monday or what have you. Absolutely. So I think, first of all, I'm sure you've probably tried to lay out ground rules before verbally, and Mm -hmm. sometimes there are people that need to be hit over the head. No offense to your husband. Um, So I I know of a person that did this one time, and actually, it was it was a, an ardent female fan like yourself, and she literally had a list printed out on a sheet of paper, and she kept it on her coffee table. And if anybody approached her during a Bills game, she would simply grab the – she had this thing laminated. She would, she would grab the sheet of rules, yes. and she would just hold it up to the person – could, yes, I need a hold of those rules. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Come up I with your can, own set of rules and laminate them yes. on a card and and just refer to them. Yeah, and just say, look, yes. I'm happy to talk to you during the commercial break, but or right now, or, you know, right now the bills are the priority. And, you know, I'll have Absolutely. plenty of time for you for the two-and-a-half to three-minute commercial break. If what you need <laughs> to tell me is so important, uh, we'll do it then. You know, That's are right. you are you bleeding? Mm-hmm. Is anyone injured? No. Right. Okay. Let, I'll talk <laughs> right. to you at the commercial. But that's cr- yeah. Laminate, Love you, honey. Laminate like, you know. a set of bold print so it's easily readable. <laughs> and 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 believe me, when you go through the rules, simple is better. Uh, yes. Put a put a headline at the top when talking is per- talking permissible when ellipsis. Commercial one, break. Two, three, yeah. and yeah, and have maybe three or four times when they can do that. Um. Yeah, that's that's yeah, a great totally. idea. Yeah, so good luck with it that. Sure beats just turning to your spouse Thank and telling you. them to yell yeah. at him to shut up. And uh, let us know how it turns out. Feel free to call back. It was good to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay, go Bills. Go Bills. Yeah, go Bills. Thanks very much. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah, there are people that just don't get it. Yeah, I, and and I, it, and her husband is the perfect example of that. Like she said, yeah, my husband kind of roots for the Cowboys, but he couldn't name a person on the team. That's not a dyed in the wool fan. Right. That's a that's a casual fan. That's and so right. the game is the game's on, but it's background noise for people like that. Yes. That's it's exactly not right. like Jennifer who's like, I'm hanging on every Yo, play. Shut up. I'm hanging on every right. play. Right. Exactly. So um I I've never been one to enjoy conversation during a game. Um Particularly one like you know when you're watching your team, your the Bills, and and you're sitting there and it's and people are you know all this is going on out here. I I don't remember I've done it before, not often. Just get up, leave the room, go to another TV. And <laughs> that is a more pre, that is a more demonstrative option. Uh, I don't say anything. I mean, I just do it and you just disappear. And wow, Steve's been in the bathroom a long time. Isn't <laughs> right. <he? laughs> You know, I, I see. I do have a TV in my office. I go in there, and that's just you know, your haven. It's in the other, yeah. They just well, where'd you go? And then they come looking for you. And they go, what are you doing here? Why are you didn't you think I'm trying? To I'm going to leave again game. if you don't shut up. Yeah, you know, I'll go to another room. I'm going to go to yes. Stop following. That's right. <laughs> and then they get the idea, right? And so, and I'm saying, listen, I don't want to be, I don't want to be rude, but you know, you need, you need to shut it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a different animal for sure. Yeah. Let's uh, go to Amy in Youngstown. What do you got for us, Amy? Hi, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, good. thanks. 
Um, my problem is I live in Youngstown. I'm a travel nurse and work in Rochester. Oh, yeah. Now, I have the Spectrum map, but when I'm in Rochester, I can't get the local channels. I was wondering if you had a fix for that without having to download, like, yeah. and pay. So you're trying to watch while you're at work. Well, on my days off, if I can watch the games, I'm unable to because Spectrum doesn't allow me to access those channels outside of my hometown. Gotcha. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Your cable package is different because you're a travel nurse and you're in a different market. Yeah, she's I in Rochester. Yeah, that's. I don't know the answer to that. We're you? gonna have to get to work on that. Um, that's a really. That's a good. Yeah, you're. I mean, there question. are. There are op, there are ways around it, but it's it would involve a subscription and paying money, and I don't think you want to do that. So, because yeah. you know you have yeah. you always have NFL Plus, which is always an option, but and that's what a lot of out of town people use uh, that are Bills fans that have since transplanted to other places. We're gonna have to get back to you on that one, Amy. We're gonna that's have to do our homework. Question. That is, you've stumped us. Uh, there should be a prize for yeah, that. Yeah, because that's not really a, that's not really a relationship thing, but it isn't. Well, it really, is with her football viewing yes, habits. Foot, well, it's a relationship yes. with your team. Yeah, that's a really good question. By the way, I love travel nurses are awesome. There, that's congratulations. I love that. That's an awesome job. Um, and it does. Thank you. Yeah, you can. It's great. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize it puts you in that kind of spot. Right. What I would tell you is. You might have to, for the time being, until we have a better solution, you may have to, since you're in Rochester, just go out to a bar and watch it, you know? Right, right. Uh, you might have to go out and check out the Bills bar nearest you, which in Rochester... You, There's plenty. Yeah, you can't even take your jacket off without elbowing one. So. Yeah. Right. That's what I would do for you. Might be, the other th- you might be resigned to watching it with community. Right. Because what I... Now, I have an NFL Plus subscription... So, perfect example, when, when we're traveling back from the Bills road game, like last week, for example, right. and I'm getting ready to fly back on the plane, I pulled up my NFL app, and I was watching the late game, um, the Sunday night game, which, because the Cowboys, huh? were, the Cowboys were playing, weren't they? Yeah. Cowboys. And I, and I was trying to watch the Cowboys to get ready for this week, and so I have access to that. So, I mean, that, but that's, again, that's subscription-based. So, it depends on whether you want to... <laughs> get get together with some people at a, at a bar, or if you want yeah. to watch the game by yourself, kind of like Jennifer likes to do. Uh, you know, maybe a subscription on your phone is is the way to go there. But go, we'll try to get a more definitive answer for you, Amy, and get back to you on that. That's and a very good be, question. Yeah, it might be better to call. You know, um, the cable company directly. Yeah, so, you you could call the cable company say, directly and say, say "Here's my problem. What's the what solution?" What about it? I, they may have it. I mean, if if it was me, it's per, surprising to in me. In a perfect though. world, you should be able to like say, "Listen, I got this cable package." In my world, it would be that. Listen, I don't want that channel. Can I trade this channel in for that channel? I'm a little perplexed by that though because I've done the same thing that Amy's tried to do. It's all about the internet, man. I've done the same thing Amy's tried to do with my cable subscription out of town and as long as i use my login i can get it on my phone i'm wondering why she's running into that problem um maybe it's because she's in rochester which is is that considered the viewing area no it's not right it's not is that in our circle of market rochester it is right yeah that's what i thought now it's 90 miles I th- yeah, is it ninety it's, it's or well seventy-five? With, I, I always forget. I, it used to be seventy-five. I think it's more than. That. I'm not sure. 
In, in any event, I, I would call your cable company, too, and see if they have a solution for you. That's the, because if, it's, cause if you're just trying to watch on your phone, which is your phone number tied to your account, right. they should let you watch if you what are, you subscribe for in the first place. And here's the thing, too. If, if you're in Rochester from Youngstown, and if you're in Rochester and you're going to be there for like six months, they may have a, 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 a way for you to switch your, you know, your package to that net network instead of yeah. the one in Youngstown. If you're going to live there for six months because you're a traveling nurse, yeah. they may be able to like, okay, now your, your home internet loop is now yeah, They should be able to make an exception, especially for someone doing the work that she's doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, that's why I say in a perfect world, you got to, you know, there's a lot of things that should happen. Yeah, I get it. Uh, let's go to Jack in Kenmore. What do you got for us, Jack? Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's good to talk to you today. Here it is. I'm going to give you the facts. If they beat the Dallas Cowboys, they will win the next two games. Will be a lock, okay? A lock, okay. They're win the divi- They're going to win the division, okay? And they're going to be number. Uh, they're going to win the division. So that's that. And they're all worried about Stevie Lamb. Well, I think we did a pretty good job against the guy Hill. Is that his last name for the yeah, Miami Dolphins? Hill, yeah. So, so if they do the same thing with this guy, we're going to win that game. So I don't want to hear about oh they got this wide receiver they got they don't know how to play outside and in the weather okay I wanted it to snow it's not going to snow might get a little colder later at night when the sun goes down so let's go get a Buffalo and we can win the division if everything the cards fall right because they're going to get a beat again the Dolphins are going to lose to maybe the Cowboys next week or the, they're going to lose to the Ravens on the road I'm almost 100 percent positive. Thank you, and have a great day. All right, Go Bills. Thanks, Jack. Go right. Bills. Thanks for letting us in on what was going to happen. I, I, we were sitting here wondering. He's our resident soothsayer. We were wondering. We were wondering how this was all going to turn out. So they got yeah. they had the Jets this week, the Miami Dolphins do. They have a Dallas in two weeks, and in three weeks they have Baltimore, and in four weeks the, the Dolphins Bills. and the Bills. So, yes, the Dolphins have a really rocky road coming down the stretch, but as we've been talking about, the Bills – it's no, it's no, you know, cakewalk for them either. Um, so it's, yeah. It, there's a lot of football to be played, but I'm glad you let us know how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have an update for Amy in Youngstown, who called with. She's a traveling nurse with viewing, watching the Bills' problems uh, when she's out of her home area because of her job duties. And another Bills fan has come to your rescue. Um, <laughs> the tweet says. The travel nurse from Rochester, you can download the Stream East app. It's a free app. And you may have to exit out of the ads wanting you to join, but we have used this before when we're out of town. So maybe give that a shot and see if it works for you. So look at that. Bill's community coming to the rescue. Uh, got to be away. Let's go to Judy in Buffalo next. What do you got, Judy? Two things. Bear with me. One of my favorite games of all time, or the last three years or so, was the Thanksgiving Day game against Dallas. And I don't know, I think the Bills may have been um, um, underdogs in that game, but Cole Beasley had an outstanding game. He was a um, former Cowboy. Right. I'm hoping, that, I'm hoping that someone on the team is going to have a game like that. Next. Greg Russo, I think about three years ago, when he was a rookie, was the defensive player of the week. And when I look at this game, and we're not going to win this game if we don't have an aggressive pass rush. 
what has happened to Russo? I I think he's got his his um, career is start, starting to go downhill. Okay, so those are my two comments. Okay, thanks, Judy. Appreciate the call. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice for somebody to step up and be a surprise contributor. You welcome that any given week. I mean, you have your guys that you count on usually week in and week out, but if someone can step up and have a have a maybe a better game than anybody's anticipating, that always helps for the end result. And we've right. seen it time and time again over the years. You would hope somebody can uh, – Ty Johnson, perfect example in the Jets game. Guy just comes out of nowhere, gets some playing time, and makes the most of it. Yeah. Makes a difference in the football game. Yeah, <clears throat> Rousseau with like – you know, he's only got like, what, three and a half sacks on the season. You're right. I mean, it hasn't been great. Um, from a pass rush from perspective. From a pass rush perspective, I still think. Had a half a sack last week. Right. I still think he's playing at a level that is a problem. Plus, and I'll say this too, um, not for nothing, they're moving him around this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's down inside some. Yep. And I think they, I think that rather than being a you know finding a place for him to use i think it's a sign of how much they trust the guy um they're using him a lot in a lot of different ways than they have before maybe it has been an adjustment period and he's not playing as well as they'd like him to or as well as he would like to but i think that guy's not going anywhere he's going to be there and you're right i would love to see him have a breakout i'd like to have anybody have a breakout game in this game um it's that it's that kind of game right um We've seen it all yesterday, like Monday, Tuesday, all the all through the week when we started talking about Dallas, every caller, and even Brownie and I, this game's got us concerned. The the Cowboys look really good. And in a lot of ways, they've looked better than the Bills have at any moment. And they've done it for the last five weeks. So you really feel and it's looked like, easy. Yeah. You feel like the bill. All of a sudden, the Bills have got to do something really, really special to win a game. You, you re, we don't feel like all they got to do is show up. If they don't make their own mistakes, they're going to win. Because if they're the only team that can beat the Bills is the Bills. We, we say it all the time, right? Yeah. And, and fans say we've seen it. You know, if Josh doesn't turn it over, we win. If we go plus they're on fifteen the, and zero when he doesn't, right? If we go plus on the turnover margin, we're going to win, like we did in Kansas City. Where there's that big. Let me just—I don't want to go off on a tangent here. But there's this big, you know, thought in Bills Mafia this week that this is the first game in a long time where not only do we can't we can't get in our own way, we got to do something special to win. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. This team, Buffalo, is. Don't count them out in any way, shape, or form. They don't need extra help to win. They can use it. It's always fun to have. But if the Bills play their game and do the stuff they always talk about doing, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. This is going to be one of those games. The Cowboys are a very good football team. They are really playing well. They haven't played this team. They haven't played the Bills. They haven't played the Bills yet. Just, let's just see how that goes. you got to trust in your team. That's why they're your team. Yeah. So, and yes, they're playing a really good team this week. But don't think you have to go – all over the, the map, like all this unbelievable stuff has to happen for us to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Just play. You'll be all right. Cowboys are also 3-3 three and three on the road this season. So try that one on for size two. They play decidedly different 
on the road as opposed to home. Kind of similar to the Bills. Bills are 2-5 and five on the road this season. Home field means something in the NFL. It really does. Break time for us here, but when we come back, we're going to be joined by NFL insider for ESPN, One Field Yates, who's also pretty good at that fantasy football. He's going to give us the ultimate fantasy lineup for Week 15, presented by FanDuel, when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live here on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And also joining us is ESPN NFL insider, fantasy football analyst Field Yates with his ultimate fantasy lineup for Week 15, presented by FanDuel, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Download the app today and make every moment more. Field, what's going on? Is it cold up there your way Gentlemen. in New England there? Uh, well... I, I don't know what a what a Buffalo resident call forty degrees cold. No, I would think no. no. It's about forty here, so not too bad. It's yeah, about it's, the it's same. It's actually yeah, it's about forty forty one here as well. So it's all it's kind of you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, you, know, you go with what you got. Decent. Yeah. Yep. So hundred percent. Yep. Tell me about where are we at in the big picture? Uh, because I I, ref, I I didn't even get in our studio fantasy football league this year because I became obsessed with it last year and I was. It wasn't where I wanted to be in my headspace. So tell me where we're at in the big picture. Where's the season? Uh, we are at the playoffs. We are in round one of the playoffs. And what that means is that for the most part, it's season-long fantasy, I should say, is that right. generally you are – you are. The, the, what's the old expression? Dance with the one that brought you? Yep. That's where you're at in fantasy football right now. Now is not the time that you are shaking things up. Now is not the time that you are overthinking your process. You are playing the players – that have brought you there. And in the case of my personal fantasy situation, of the nine playoff matchups that I have this weekend, four of them, I either have Josh Allen as my quarterback or I am facing Josh Allen as Ooh. the opposing quarterback. So no player will have more influence over my weekend than the great Josh Allen. Wow. That is dun, dun, that is something dun, there. About dun, it's dramatic. Speaking, yes. speaking of... <laughs> Quarterbacks, why don't we get to the quarterback in your ultimate fantasy lineup this week? Yeah, a guy and a team that has kind of been on a run here. They're they're streaking here late. Yeah, they uh, obviously lost a tough one this past mm-hmm. Sunday to the Ravens, but this Rams offense is really clicking. So if I told you that Matthew Stafford had over twenty three fantasy points in three straight games, you'd say that's pretty good. If I told you that it came with uh, the opponents being the over the past two weeks, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens, you say that's really good as he has been outstanding. They play the Commanders now, who have one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. They've really struggled to rush the passer as well. Have the Commanders uh, in the first, I think, five, uh, six games after the Commanders traded away both Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they totaled ten sacks, which sounds okay, not special, but not terrible. Except for the fact that nine of them came in one game. Nine against the Giants and one in every other game. It was a one-yard sack of Geno Smith against the Seahawks. Excuse me, it was a one-sack performance against Geno Smith and the Seahawks for a zero-yard loss. So the pass rush has kind of evaporated. Rams offense is playing well. Stafford, a lot of Rams get used to it. Get used to a lot of this game because there could be plenty of points on Sunday in L.A. 
Good stuff. And what about? And let's go to the. And I, I, I always like it when you have these running backs that I've heard of because we have some of this this year <laughs> where I'm like, who is that guy? An yeah, actual he didn't player? know Rico Dowdle about six right. weeks Rico ago. Rico Dowdle got caught me off guard. One of the best calls of the year. I do here. know. I, know. I, I do it. know who Saquon Barkley is. Yes, you do know who Saquon Barkley is coming off of a monster effort on Monday night. He was terrific against the Packers. No surprise. Very good run defense there. But as we know, with Saquon right now. The Giants don't have a lot in the way of wide receivers that you can count on. So Saquon should see a steady dose of action against this New Orleans Saints defense, a game that the Giants could keep low scoring as well, given the Saints' offensive execution issues. So Saquon at $7,800, paired with Rashad White at running back, another back that, of course, you know, as he has been excellent for the Buccaneers in fantasy football this season, 7600 bucks. White just keeps on making plays, and He's got one of the best roles for any fantasy running back in the entire league. He's playing like 80-plus percent of the snaps, getting a ton of targets, getting plenty of opportunities as a runner. Even in an inefficient running game, Rashad White has balled out, priced at $7,600. Very reasonable given his production so far this season. Yeah, I mean, he's the closest thing you can find to a full-time back, and he catches a ton of passes, as you mentioned. Uh, The wide receiver list, uh, there's a headliner there, and then – Probably two more under-the-radar guys. That's right. And a couple of guys that you really know, and Puka Nakua, who obviously has been unbelievable. And it's a great matchup, as everybody knows, against that commander's team that I was just telling you about. Um, and Puka Nakua has been terrific. He's got five-plus targets in every game this season, seven and all of one. He's just terrific. It's a, uh, a great matchup for a great player and should be one that is probably a no-brainer um, for most people in daily fantasy this week is Puka Nakua. And then you've got Noah Brown, who all of a sudden you've got some, you know, some injuries in Houston that have filed up that you're saying to yourself, wait, who is the number one wide receiver? Is it Nico Collins? No, not Nico Collins. Is it Tank Dale? No, not Tank Dale, because Tank Dale's out for the season. Collins, probably iffy to play on Sunday. It's Noah Brown, who has been really bad over the past couple weeks, has zero catches over the past two weeks, does Noah Brown. But the price is good and a matchup that's very good as well with an opportunity that should be very good for Noah Brown. Plus, Jonathan Mingo, who, gentlemen, he is trying to make history. Well, maybe not history, but recent history. Is Since week nine, he has 42 targets. Top 20 in the NFL. He has caught 17 of those 42 targets. 17 out of 42 catches. That's one of the worst catch percentages in multiple years. But they're playing against Atlanta. Every team basically forces Carolina to play from behind. You throw the ball plenty when you are in Carolina. Jonathan Mingo priced very reasonably at fifty four hundred bucks. And then, of course, they they go back to the Rams game with the Washington Commanders and Logan Thomas, the former quarterback, former Buffalo Bill, now with the Commanders at tight end. Yeah, and Joe uh, Logan Thomas, uh, a guy that you figure should be uh, well, somebody's got to be very busy for this Commanders offense because as I told you I have optimism surrounding that Rams offense, which should mean that the commanders having to throw the ball of plenty, which they have for a lot of this season. Uh, as a matter of fact, Sam Howell leads the NFL in passing attempts uh, to the first 14 weeks of the NFL season. So Thomas facing off against a Rams team that has been the worst dead last in terms of uh, slowing down opposing tight ends and fantasy football this season kind of feels like sort of a confluence of factors that really work in Logan Thomas's favor Uh, For the Commanders, one reason or another, Um, Terry McLaurin's been extremely quiet this year. Jahan Dotson has had an uneven season. No one's really shined in that passing game, but it wouldn't surprise me if Logan Thomas sees seven or eight targets on Sunday. All right, so then the flex spot, 
and while I understand this guy's had a tremendous season and even averaged 4.7 yards per carry the last time he faced this division rival, I'm expecting a fired-up Jets defensive frontier field. So maybe just give me your yeah. reasoning behind Raheem Mostert in your flex spot. Yeah, Brownie, that's a great point on that Jets defense. They should be fired up on Sunday. Uh, but one thing about the Jets is you don't throw the ball against them, right? I mean, very few teams other than the Buffalo Bills in the second matchup have had a whole lot of success against them. Obviously, Josh was unbelievably brilliant in that game a handful of weeks back. Uh, but the calculus is you just keep throw, running the football against the Jets. Uh, moreover, Tyreek Hill, banged up. Devon HN, banged up. So maybe it's a Raheem Mostert Sunday where they just say, let's lean on the guy who's got 18 touchdowns already this season. He's been dealing with injuries himself and yet has continued to be out there every single week. And um, if Tyreek Hill is hampered, that's a problem. Facing off against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and that very good Jets defense, that's a problem. So I think Miami may say, let's muck this one up because if we can race, run to a 14-point lead, that's probably enough against this Jets team. But as we know, despite the fact that they found their footing a little bit in the second half last week, it's just so, so bad on defense, on yeah. offense, excuse me. Yeah, and certainly Bills Mafia is going to be watching that game almost as intently as the Bills-Dallas yes. game. Uh, that The Dolphins-Jet game, let's go J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the last one, the defense. And this one, to me, even if you had your pick, of, all, uh, and you do have your pick and no budget necessary, pick the Browns' defense over the Chicago offense. Yeah, the Browns' defense has been terrific all season, and even with some injuries in the secondary, they've still found a way. Uh, this Bears offense kind of trending up right now in general. That being said, uh, they have been trending up in part because Justin Fields is running the football a ton. 42 carries over the past three games for Justin Fields, so it, he may have a fine fantasy day. It might not necessarily correlate with the day in which they throw the ball for 300 yards or something. Very impressed by the Browns' defense all season, the way that they have continued to grind out wins for that franchise. And while Joe Flacco has kind of given them some uh, life to that offense, I think this is still going to be a team that makes their run this year to the playoffs, which they're in good position to do right now because of the defense. And as we know, while Justin has played better of late, turnovers have been a problem, specifically fumbles for Justin in the past. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns find some sacks, some turnovers. And with Cleveland, you've always got the possibility of a defensive touchdown. So while I always tell you guys I largely punt on defense it's not a terrible price to pay for what could be a very very good defense all right that's the ultimate fantasy lineup for week 15 quick thoughts on bills cowboys how will this have to unfold to have a favorable outcome for buffalo here field do you think uh, I think it's going to come down to a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, they've got to do a really, really good job of avoiding any kind of field-flipping plays on defense, right? Because the Cowboys do an excellent job of turning the football over, and they've got excellent pass rushers led, of course, by Micah Parsons. You have to make this defense earn it against you as opposed to allowing them change the game with one snap. Uh, and beyond that, I think that the Bills' defense has to find a way to not let CeeDee Lamb run free, which maybe that's stating the obvious, but he has been relatively contained at times over the past month. But when he hasn't been, this offense is just absolutely dominating opposing team. It's a great test for Buffalo, but I love the fact that they're playing this game outdoors at home. Gives me hope, gives me optimism. The Bills can win this game. And uh, if they win this game, do not, do not count out the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. Mm. Well, he just okay, said it. There you go. He just said it. It's possible. It's, out it's there. possible. It's possible. It's on the table. Thanks, man. Hey, it's awesome to Vegas hear. Vegas does not agree with me, but I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll Field. See. 
Good to catch up with you. We'll see you next week, hopefully with uh, even more encouraging news about the postseason. Thank you much. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right, that's Field Yates joining us. We take a break here, but when we come back, BuffaloBills.com content coordinator Alec White will join us. What are the Cowboys saying about this game coming up on Sunday? We will take a dive into that with Alec next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and we're joined by BuffaloBills.com content coordinator Alec White, who is here to give us a sense of what they are saying down in Big D about this game here on Sunday between the Bills and the Cowboys. All right, Alec, what's that? What's the headline grabber here this week from uh, Big D? Anything inflammatory, incendiary, anything we want to get motivated by? No. Nope. Any bulletin board material? Not yet. I Damn mean, it. practice is, is wrapping up <laughs> Thursday. That's usually when they have the open locker rooms over there. Their practice schedule and media availability is a little different than here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only had Mike McCarthy press conferences so far this yeah, week. Yeah, I saw that. So the sound bites are going to come, if anything, you know, tomorrow leading okay, up, up okay. to the game. But I can we, be still, we still got a few nuggets to get patient. to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know there's an injury concern for them. It looks like they're going to be without their chief run stuffer, Jonathan Hankins, right? Yeah, yeah. He had an ankle injury against the Eagles and not finish that game. Mike McCarthy said yesterday that it'd be hard-pressed for him to, on maybe a little bit more short rest, to ramp up and get ready for that game. So they're expecting uh, Carl Davis uh, to have a practice squad elevation. And then Mozzie Smith, he was kind of a buzzy name around here in Buffalo during the draft time. A lot of mock uh, drafts. A lot yeah. of mock drafts. The defensive tackle from Michigan. He's only played in he's played in 11 games this year, only seven tackles. So they've they've kind of eased him along in his rookie year. But he would be a guy that I think would garner more snaps. And Mike McCarthy said the same thing that Davis and uh, Mozzie Smith would figure to play more. What's the tone coming out? They got to be really flying high. I mean, this if you want to find out how somebody handles success, you can find out how the Cowboys are handling success by the way they played the last five weeks and what they're saying this week. Yeah, they've got a lot of confidence. They're really impressed with, with the way Dak Prescott has right. played. And the key for, for Dak this during this five-game winning streak that they're on is he's got two touchdown passes in the first half in five, seven straight games. So even before they started this win streak, his best performance of the part of the game has been in the first half where he's thrown two or more yeah. touchdowns. And so they, they've been really impressed with the way they've been able to get into a groove offensively. Like when's the last time we might not watch the Cowboys a lot, but the last time they've trailed in a game and you're asking this team right. to come from behind, they've got a lot of confidence because they've built a big lead early in games. And that's when their defense has been able to be yeah, aggressive. They lead the league in first half points margin. They've outscored their opponents by better than two to one ratio. It's like two fifty eight to one twenty five or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, an interesting comparison this week from Mike McCarthy for one Josh Allen. We've, I, I personally feel like he's the closest thing to John Elway you know, for this era of football, but Mike McCarthy had another comparison. Yeah, he said he reminds him of a young Brett Favre. Remember Mike McCarthy, the Green Bay coach, was there towards the end of, of the Favre era before yep. Rodgers took over and sees a lot of the similar traits in Josh Allen with the gunslinger mentality, but also just the way 
that he can make any throw on the field and that the play is never over. Like a Brett Favre play was never over until the ball was either on the ground or in somebody's hands, whether it was a defender or whether it was a Green Bay receiver. And uh, that's kind of the same type of guy that McCarthy sees in Allen. And then another thing is the play is never over because Josh Allen can take off and run. Mike McCarthy said that Allen's ability to just bounce off tacklers but also seek out that aggression is rare in terms of a quarterback now with guys sliding or trying to get out of bounds. Allen just extends the play because he'll seek out that contact. Yeah, and it's a little bit funny, too, because you talk about Favre and the attitude that you kind of have to have if you were a Green Bay fan back when Favre was playing, and the same thing with Bills fans now with Josh Allen. He's throwing interceptions like, and just keep throwing it. Just, just keep throwing it. That's who you are. We can live with it. Just score 30, and if you throw a pick or two, that's fine. Just make sure you score 30. And that's basically what we say about Josh. Yeah, we kind of live with that stuff because we know the next play he's going to do something that's going to turn into a touchdown. Right, you take the good with the bad. That's right. And those guys are, you know, will have those interceptions, but also those, those wow moments that we love so right. much. I remember right. Mike Holmgren on NFL Films when they were following him around when Favre was <laughs> up there in Green Bay with him, and he's, Favre's coming to the sideline after an interception, and Holmgren is like – beat red i mean he looks like a lobster and he just says to him why would you do that why would you do that there like he was just so fed up with brett and his That's right chance taking uh he was going nuts he was boiling over uh big matchup this week Diggs and stefan gilmore an old friend here in the buffalo parts uh still getting it done at age 33 um i imagine that joe brady will be moving Diggs around a good deal the question is will gilmore follow they haven't revealed that yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gilmore, you know, after the Cowboys Eagles game was asked about that and said, you know, with the Trayvon Diggs connection, Diggs' brother mm-hmm. on the opposite sideline, not playing in this one, but they've been asked about how much are you gonna pick your brother's brain to guard Stephon Diggs? And the answer was kind of surprised me that they're not going to ask Trayvon Diggs to give the secret ingredient to guarding his brother <laughs> that they're Gilmore's going to play the way he plays and I'd be interested to see Diggs who's a very big trash talker on the field we know that Gilmore and AJ Brown went at it a little bit early on in that Sunday night football game AJ Brown called Gilmore old yeah that didn't work too well it didn't work too well yeah. <laughs> you know Gilmore allowed a couple receptions but also you know Four forced a fumble, and only four of the completions that he allowed went for a first down. So it's going to be a, a big matchup for Gilmore, and he has shadowed the opposite team's wide receiver one this year. So when, uh, what were some of the other nuggets, if any, coming out of, of Dallas that you know, give you some insights to what they're thinking about this game? And even if their fans are chiming in, I mean, they've got to have some opinions as well. Yeah, so Dallas, the fan base, and Mike McCarthy have been really impressed with the play of Ed Oliver. And I think we have here as well. They said it's going to be a big challenge because of Oliver's versatility and you know the three technique for their guards, Tyler Smith and Zach Martin, two of the better guards in the National Football yeah. League. Uh, you know, over the last several years, figuring out where the double if they're going to double team, where their their run gap responsibilities are going to be. Remember, Dallas hasn't been a great running team this year. That's uh, a staple that we've seen from them in past years with you know Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. they're not a great running team 
this year. And so if you if yeah. you've got to pick your poison running at, at Oliver is is not going to be probably the strength that they go to. And it's right. interesting because they pretty much moved Tyler Smith into Connor McGovern's old role. They didn't want to sign Connor McGovern to big money on free agency, let him go. Pills signed him. Pills are the beneficiary. And it's kind of ironic that now all of a sudden with Tyler Smith in there, who I think is a good guard, but for some reason they just have not been productive in the run game. It's really strange. Like You're not used to hearing that about a right. Dallas Cowboys offensive line, but here we are. Uh, we are out of time, Alec, but thanks for bringing us up to speed. And be sure to text us any nuggets if somebody says something stupid down in Dallas. We, we will race that to the bulletin <laughs> make sure board this week. sure you're the first to know. That's right. That's Alec White, BuffaloBills.com content coordinator with us. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will have former Dallas Cowboy and podcast host down there in Dallas, Jesse Holly, here in hour number two on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, back here on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and pleased to be joined now by the Believe in Dallas Cowboys host, Jesse Holly, also former Dallas Cowboy. Good to have you with us, Jesse. Um, I do want to begin here. There are some injury question marks concerning the Cowboys. I know Jonathan Hankins is dealing with a knee and an ankle injury, didn't practice on Wednesday. There are some that don't know if he's going to make it to the game on Sunday. How much would that impact the Cowboys' run defense if he's unable to go? Yeah, it looks like with uh, with Big Hank, the ankle-knee injury, and of course, you know, anytime you're dealing with someone who's 320, 330, 40, 50-ish, depending <laughs> on whether you had dinner or not yet, uh, and you talk about an ankle and knee injury, that, that, that isn't like a receiver who can kind of muster through a little bit. Uh, so he'll probably miss this week, probably next week. Um, if, I, if, if, if I'm being honest, they may just kind of want him to rest up and get back right for the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if the Bills decide to run the football, it could be a significant uh, uh, you know, hurdle for the Cowboys to get over defensively um, because you're now talking about other guys having to step in. We just signed uh, a guy off the street a couple weeks ago. And then, of course, the first-round pick, Mozzie Smith, who's kind of been up and down this year. It's, it's one of those things where you want to give a little bit of grace to the rookie, but there's certain things that you watch and you go, well, that doesn't have to do with you being a rookie. That, the only thing that you're supposed to learn football one-on-one, and the biggest thing for Mozzie is um, he's just really late getting off the football. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, the ball is snapped and guys are kind of 1-1,000 into the movement of the play, and Mozzie still is in his stance. And that just, that's been happening since the preseason. So putting him on the football field for, uh, you know, taking up all of those snaps is definitely the Cowboys have to be concerned about uh, you know, our biggest goal is that you, you know, the Bills decided they want to pass the football a lot instead of running it. 
Well, it's interesting because we've been talking about that exact thing here. If the run game gets going, it's, it, it sounds good, it's great, and it's great if you get four or five yards a pop, but the minute you start getting a half a yard or a yard and a half a pop, then it's kind of hard. Plus, if you do hand the ball off a lot, that means the best player on your team is doing nothing but taking the ball from the center and handing it off to somebody else. Uh, so you do take the ball out of Josh Allen's hand. That seems also like something maybe the Bills don't want to go down. What are your thoughts on that? You know, the thing is, is if the running game is working, I think it helps any quarterback to have a solid run game. And, you know, Josh Allen is, I mean, we all know what he is as a talent, right? He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's physical. He has an arm cannon, can throw the ball, make any and every throw on the football field, on platform, all platform. But the biggest thing when it comes to, to, to Josh Allen is it's in those moments sometimes he trusts his arm or he thinks he can trust his arm in certain situations and the ball gets turned over. So I think having a solid run game allows Josh Allen to have more windows, uh, more open windows to throw into because now you're talking about more guys committed to the line of scrimmage to stop the run. And the Cowboys have known for a long time, you know, their Achilles heel has been the run game. It's, it's been that in the playoffs, it's been that in the regular season. Uh, the, the difficult part is the Cowboys offensively have been getting up on a lot of football teams. So the, it's make the opposing offense have to kind of play with one hand behind their back and strictly going to the pass game when you're down 14, 17 points and the clock is against you. So, you know, it's kind of a gift and a curse for the Cowboys um, is where, you know, you, you want the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, but you don't want the ball out of Josh Allen's hands because they're able to get four and a half, five yards a clip on the run. So that leads me to my next question, Jesse, because the Cowboys, you're right, have jumped all over teams at the beginning of games. They're outscoring their opponents by a better than 2-1 to one margin in the first half. It's like 258 to 125. It's like an ungodly difference. What has enabled them to jump all over teams at the start of games pretty consistently this year? It's Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott has he is, he has found his – the light bulb has gone off. He has found a rhythm that many of us, none of us have seen him play at this level, this consistency, this, this consistently um, through, you know, through the course of a season. They started out really kind of trying to figure out what the Texas Coast offense was going to be. Uh, and then it morphed into this thing after the bye week, after that whooping we took by the Niners, it morphed into this thing of where, okay, let's marry our steps with our routes one, two, three, ball goes here. Four, five, ball goes there. Five, six, ball gets thrown away. Uh, and I think they've really been able to 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 master that um, in, in the in the last kind of you know six to eight weeks, nine weeks um, of the season. And so seeing that come to fruition, and and when you hear guys like Aaron Rodgers make comments about Dak Prescott being one of his favorite quarterbacks to watch right now, I think that speaks volume. I think because Aaron Rodgers was the guy who was under Mike McCarthy and in this very similar offense. I think he kind of sees now the light bulb is finally going off of Dak Prescott, and it's just clicking. The play caller, the the, the, the you know the, the thrower, the receivers, everything has really been clicking for the Cowboys offensively. They've won seven of their last eight, five in a row, and that was even before the the bye when they beat the Chargers. And something really does seem different. What is the rhetoric? What is what's Mike McCarthy say? What's Dak say about where this offense came from? I mean. You're right. It was a little up and down in the early in the season, but man, oh man, they're they're greased lightning right now, and they're playing at a high level. And certainly, Dak is playing it, but it's it can't. It's got to be McCarthy. It's got to be Dak. It's got to be CD. 
there's a lot of things that are playing well. It can't be just the quarterback, although he's got to be a big part of it. No, the quarterback is absolutely the biggest part of it because he touches the ball at every single snap. But I think when you have the emergence of a C.D. Lamb, uh, while C.D., for the you know the early parts of his career, he's kind of been on the fringe of, is he elite? Is he good? You know, is he at, where, where is he at? I think he's finally taken that jump of saying, you know, I am one of the best receivers in the National Football League. But also it's Mike McCarthy just um, taking the handcuffs off. If you remember back in the preseason, maybe you don't, but in the preseason, in preseason game number three, Mike McCarthy let Dak Prescott be the offensive coordinator. And Dak called the entire game. Uh, in preseason game number three for Will Greer. And I think that those two have finally married each other in the sense of what does my quarterback really like? What does he do well? And how will I call it? And in any marriage, it's almost like he or she could finish my sentences. He or she knows what I like. They know my order. And I think now you have the marriage of offensive play caller and quarterback and, and holy matrimony that they're they're actually uh, on the same page at all times that, you know, you've heard even Dak say sometimes when the call comes into his helmet from Mike McCarthy, it's the exact same play that he's thinking about. Jesse, we know we got to cut you loose. So thanks for giving us some time. We appreciate it. And uh, it'll be an entertaining one on Sunday for sure. Thanks for uh, helping us paint the picture. Absolutely, guys. Merry Christmas. All right, that's Jesse Holly joining us here in our number two. This week's game against the Cowboys presented by ECMC. ECMC bringing hope and healing to Western New York. Steve, I know that we haven't talked a whole lot about this, but the schedule that the Cowboys have had, it's no fault of their own, but it's pretty soft. Giants, Jets, Cardinals, Patriots, then they had to play the Niners on the road. They got whacked, lost by 32. Carolina. Chargers, Rams, before the Rams knew what they were doing like they are now. Eagles on the road, lost there. Giants again. Panthers, Commanders, who have the worst defense in football. Seahawks, okay, that's a tough game, and they won by the skin of their teeth, 41-35, and then beat the Eagles, which is probably their most quality win of the season. So, I don't yeah, know. The, like the break you get is that you know in the games, these four of these five games they've had where they've scored you know forty nine, thirty three, forty five, forty one, thirty three. Four of them have been at home, and the fifth one uh, was at Carolina. Carolina. So maybe getting them on the road will take some of the starch out of them. They're three but, and three on the road, but they are really, really. They are killing it right now. They are three and three on the road. They are also three and two outdoors this season. Just so you know. There you go. Just putting it out there for you. Put it out there. Uh, their defense, though, is pretty darn good. They're only giving up about eighteen points a game, and you know that's due in part to some of the competition that they've had to play. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Like they've played juggernaut offenses before the Bills have. I mean, they play the Dolphins fresh off their 70-point game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I realize there were different people on the field back then. You still had Matt Milano. You still had Daquan Jones. Right. You still had Tredavious White until he got hurt in the latter stages of that game. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I want to believe that Dallas is a very, very good team. At the beginning of the year, I picked the Bills and the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. 
That was my pick. Um, I don't know. That 3-3 three and three record, though, on the road this year, it makes me wonder about Dallas just a little bit. Well, the, like we say, we, you can cast aspersions on everybody in some way, shape, or form. And Cowboys, you know, they, they didn't make their schedule. They get the schedule they get. Uh, and whenever – and it's like college football when they say, well, they, they're playing – this small school and this even smaller school and this school that's not really a football school. But when you dominate places like that and when you dominate games, the way the Cowboys have been dominating, doesn't matter. I mean, you, it's hard to envision them not winning uh, against a good team because they're really dominating these teams that are struggling or the teams that don't yeah. have winning records. They're playing like you would like a good football team to play against inferior competition. They're dominant. We'll see. I mean, they they got to keep it going. Um, I don't know if that transfers or not, but playing outdoors late in the year in Buffalo, a team they're not all that familiar with, we'll see. It's it's going to be a tough game for both clubs. I mean, both these teams are really good, um, and one of them's got a record that backs that up, and it's not the Bills. Yeah. Let's uh, quickly go to Rick in California who's been waiting patiently. What do you got, Rick? Hey there, Steve and Chris. Thank you so much for taking my call, sure. guys. Uh, so uh, my rule up, uh, I got a quick opinion and a very serious question for you. But my opinion is, because our backs up are against the wall, and I know that we're, you know, our playoffs started last week, you know, if you will. I think we're really going to come out tough against the Cowboys and the Chargers. I really do. The part that scares me is when we get to a game like the Patriots, and we're going to be a heavy overdog on that game, and that's when I think our team kind of takes their foot off the gas, and not not to mention the refereeing this, this year. I'm really kind of uh, concerned about that game alone. But as, as far as, you know, having our backs up against the wall, like I said, I think we're going to play the Cowboys seriously tough. And if they beat us, believe me, they're going to earn it. So we're just going to have to sit back and watch that. And that's my opinion there. My serious question for the both of you, though, is my wife and I just uh, read online last night, and we're hoping it's a hoax. But we heard that the lawmakers in Buffalo are seriously considering outlawing ranch dressing for your buffalo dipping pleasure so i want to know is that true because i hate blue cheese i want ranch to stay on the menu very much so i want to see if you guys heard that and can you guys yeah. tell us more about it thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah no i think that's i think that's that's definitely a hoax that's a hoax um and i will say that blue cheese tastes the way they make it here in buffalo tastes different than most other places in the country it's creamier it's not as pungent um it's a thing. It's different. But blue cheese, the blue cheese ranch thing is unique to Buffalo. Yeah, most places don't have a problem with eating your wings with ranch. In Here Buffalo, it's, it's a different. little bit of a problem. It's offensive. It's, little, it's offensive. Um, as for your New England concerns, I, I am not concerned at all. And that's a game that's down the road. We've we got plenty of time to talk about that one. But don't forget, the Bills threw one away against the Patriots up in New England back in Week Seven. They're not going to forget that when they take the field with the Patriots here the second time around. Now, I will say the Patriots' defense might be even better than it was back then. They're playing lights-out football on the defensive side of the ball. They're giving up like 10 points a game. The only problem is they can't score, so they can't win games. They they had three weeks in a row. They gave up 10 points or less. They lost all three games. So that's their issue. But if if you think the Bills, who are in must-win mode, I mean, they pretty much said it last week, we're already in our playoffs because right. we we have to win everything if we want to keep playing after the regular season's over. So they know what's in front of them. Yeah. Uh, so for, from that standpoint, I think they'll be intrinsically motivated. And then knowing that they they know they gave away a game 
to New England, one of their only three wins on the season. They gave it away in Week 7. I, I, I don't see any way where they are not up for the rematch. Right. I don't think – yeah, I think there's going to be more about that than there is, you know, the history the Bills fans have with the Patriots. This team's got one game of history with that, with that team, and it was not good, and they were, they were bummed. So I think they're going to show up really ready to play, particularly since it's going to be here in Buffalo. Um, so I'm not that, – that's not – you hope you get to that game. I hope we get to that game with those problems. I, you've beaten yeah. Dallas, and you've beaten the Chargers, and you know, I hope New England is the problem um, and not the Dolphins game. You know, yeah. Um, the the same weekend, so that's yeah. Uh, those are problems you hope you have, right? Let's go to Chris down in Texas. What you got for us, Chris? Hey, how you doing, fellas? Good, good. Hey, um, speaking of uh, um, the Patriots, uh, speculation is that Bill Belichick could be fired here in at the end of the season. Do you think that it is possible? I know it's far-fetched and a crazy question, but do you think that it's possible that he would come and be our defensive coordinator because he made his bones doing that, right? And the second question is, you guys are the bright, one of the bright spots in my day, other than my family. But um, do you guys ever think about having John Murphy on and you know getting his perspective on some of this stuff? Yeah, all right. Good questions, Chris. Thanks for them. We'll start with the first one. Um, you know, about Bill Belichick, no, I don't see any way that a man who has been a head coach for almost 30 years in this league takes a defensive coordinator position when I think he would still be in demand to be a head coach somewhere. Right. A lot of people are already speculating the Chargers as a landing spot that would make sense for him. you got a franchise quarterback and a pretty good roster of talent. It just hasn't been able to be pulled together by Brandon Staley, who's probably out the door at the end of the season. Um so I, I think head coach only for Belichick. I don't think he considers anything else. I think we all know he's trying to get the all-time wins record in NFL history. NFL history means a lot to him. So I think that's what he's chasing, and you can only do that from a head coaching position. I think that's the only thing he takes. Yeah, and he'll have some <laughs> options, too, when he, when he leaves. And, by the way, it's been reported and, and is kind of being accepted as – the truth, yes, he probably will He'll part ways. At He'll the end part of the ways season. at the end of the season. What it, what it looks like, whether um, he leaves or whether they mutually part ways or whether he's fired, uh, whatever. And I would be surprised if if they're going to let him go, uh, unless they keep him on as president of the club or something like that, which I doubt. Um, there won't be any restrictions on what he can do or will be able to do. Like they won't say we'll let you. We're going to fire you, but you got to stay out of the AFC East. You can't coach in you know as a head coach or anything else in the well, that kind of thing. I doubt any of those stipulations will be on it. I think they'll part their separate ways, and Bill Belichick will have a very wide range of choices as to what he wants to do next, what those entail or not. Certainly, he'll be in the broadcast industry if he wants. And secondly, uh, he may. I would think he will surprise you with what he will do next. I think it'd be a, a real surprise what he'll do next. Uh, I don't know what it might be, but I don't think he'll be professional juggler. No, I no, but <laughs> the NCAA might hold some allure for him. Oh, uh, like he might want commissioner go, or something. Yeah, or he may want to go coach Navy. You know, yeah. he might. Those are the kind of those are the kind of players that he grew up watching and the kind of grew up the kind of player he wanted as a pro coach. Or he may go to the the broadcast booth, or he may just be 
a, a public speaker, you know, and go around to different places and, and give his philosophies of life and leadership and the, how to build a program. Um, he could do any, he can do whatever he wants. Obviously he's, he'll have the financial wherewithal mm-hmm. to do it. He's, you know, so I think whether, well, no matter what it is, I think it's going to be supremely interesting to see what the next step is for him. He's a 70 plus year old guy. So we'll see what his options are. I can't see him coaching in college with the state of college football these days, with NIL money and transfer portal and all that. Maybe not. I, I, but I just think I think as an example, I think he may surprise us with what he wants to do. Yeah, he may go fishing every day. That's what you'd do, right? That is what I would do. Right? Yes. You can you can understand a guy wanting to do that. Jump in a boat. Let's right. go. Uh, let's go down to Milton in North Carolina. What do you got for us, Milton? Hello? Yeah, you're yeah, on, Milton. Ahead, what do you got for us? Hi, yes. When I was talking about the uh, the wife calling about her husband that's a Dallas Cowboy fan, I just wanted to comment on being interrupted while we're watching the game. A couple oh, yeah. weeks ago, I was visiting my son down in Florida. We were watching the Philly game. And all of a sudden, she decides to put up the Christmas tree, and she's setting it up right next to the TV. And uh, that really got next to me. <laughs> just wanted to comment on that. <laughs> so, what, so what? she wasn't blocking your view, was she? Uh, she was just back and forth in front of the TV and oh, everything, boy. and it was one of those close games. Me being a Bills fan over 50 years, you know, I'm into the game and I'm the, with you. the interruptions. Yeah, yeah, I, a, I yeah think that's a problem. Milton, you might need to get a set of velvet ropes. Yeah, you should. You <laughs> kind of put them on either side of the TV. You this gotta, is a no-passing zone. You got to take gotta preemptive know. action there, Milton. Right, you got to know. I mean, there had to be some. Was there no conversation before that happened? Come on, she's got to give you a heads up. Like, hey, I'm going to do this on Sunday afternoon. You got to give you a heads up. You, and in that position, in that spot, I might exactly. I might leave. I mean, what was wrong with Saturday evening, Saturday morning? Yeah, she needed to give you. She needed to give you a heads up, bro. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, Milton. Appreciate you guys and. Enjoy your show. Thanks, All right, Milton. thank you, Milton. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, he said maybe I got to get a one-way sign. Yeah, that that. But still, they're going to wow. be passing. They'll just go in circles. Yeah, you, you got to. I think you got to get some. You got to get some velvet ropes, gotta, like a I museum. Mean, Put them on either side of your TV. This is the no passing you zone. You got to like. Hey, hold on. What are you doing right now? Hey, right. What are you doing right this minute? Like that's like. To, that's this is what I'm picturing. This is what I'm picturing in Milton's yeah. home. Okay. She's putting up the tree to the left of the television. All the ornaments are on the right of the television. Oh, yeah. And it's just, she's got See, 150 then, ornaments. Yes. And she's hanging them one at a time. Yeah, but that, <laughs> yeah, right. See, so right there, you know, when you laugh, when you laugh at that scenario, you know it's purposeful. Oh, oh man. That, that's a good point. It's, she's doing it on that's, purpose. It's deliberate. It's, deli- it's deliberate. Yeah. That's a problem. That, that might have then, that might have been a special Christmas message for Milton. Not, yes, exactly. That's not <laughs> that's not an that is and a, it's not Merry Christmas. That's not an event. That's a symptom <laughs> of something deeper. I have a message for you, and it's not Merry Christmas. <laughs> has nothing to do. It's with this stop tr- watching the game and decorate the tree, to do with, this tree with me that I'm, I'm decorating. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's great. And despite those efforts, message not received. <laughs> Apparently not. You go, Milton. Go watch Milton. your football. That's right. That was unbelievable. <laughs> the football relationship hotline presented by Pepsi is open at 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board. Uh, we'll also take any calls under the sun about this Bills-Cowboys matchup coming up 
on Sunday as well. And I was trying to remember, Steve, the last time Stephon Gilmore played a game in a Bills uniform, and I believe it was the 2016 season. So he was a first-round draft choice, 10th pick overall back in 2012. And I think they, back then, he was the last class he was the last class to have a five-year contract in the round one. So he played five years and then was out the door and went mm-hmm. to New England and actually won a Super Bowl. Speaking of cornerbacks, we have to take a break because when we come back, we're going to be joined by Buffalo's newest cornerback on the roster, the guy that joined the team at the trade deadline, one Rasul Douglas in studio with us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And joining us here in studio, the newest cornerback on Buffalo's roster. Join the team at the trade deadline. It is one Rasul Douglas. Thanks for spending some time fresh thank off the you, practice field. You, Guy yeah. still got his shells on. Man, Came right on. here. We, right we threw over. the lasso around nice. him and grabbed him. Uh, so first question, Rasul. You know, you, you had to make a transition here. It's an uncommon one. Mm-hmm. You know, midseason, you got to jump from one place and right into another environment. And it didn't take long. I mean, they, they put you right on the field right yeah, away. <laughs> so, so maybe walk me through that first week or two. Because, um, I mean, you're a veteran player, so adapting to change is something that you're capable of. You know, you're mm-hmm. not like a wet-behind-the-ears rookie. How did that first week or two go here? How did they kind of get you adjusted? Oh, uh, well, I'll just say that when I first got here, it was a, it was a great welcome by the D-line. I mean, they, they showed me love as soon as I walked out on the turf. Cause I didn't practice my water field. I didn't practice my first day. I just came out and like right. Hat. I remember. So D line man, they show love. They was like, "We're gonna get you right. We're gonna set you right." That's how we do it here. Uh, from then on, man, it was just meetings in the morning uh, before everyone got to the building. Me and JB just met, and he kind of talked through the game plan for that week. So I didn't learn the whole. I still don't know the whole defense yet. Yeah. Right? But I just learned the game plan based off by the week on what we were running. You're talking about Coach Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's just how he caught me up to speed. And then when you got guys like Micah, Poe, Rap, Cam, them guys on the back end, where they're talking nonstop throughout the play. Like, you know, so they kind of helped me know what's going on. And me and Rap kind of came from similar places because uh, he came from the Rams, I came from the Packers, and they both had the same D.C. Mm-hmm. So we kind of caused certain things the same thing. You. So okay. it's easier – for those guys to just give me a flow. And now that now week after, you know, you get into the season, man, it goes fast. So we start, yeah. you know, you start week one, and all of a sudden it's tumbling downhill. Now we're week man, 15, 15, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, ugh. so how's it gone step by step? You feeling now the guy now starting to feel like more your team now, and instead of just parachuting in, you feel like you belong here, and the, they're your teammates now. It's your team, it's your town. You're getting a little yeah, yeah, for on sure. And off the, all and off the field. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on, man. Yeah, it is, but uh. These guys do a good job, you know, uh, with family. Like, right. everything here is kind of like family in-house. So, and the leaders lead here, and everyone else just kind of just gets on board and, and does the right thing. So, it, it feels like I'm a part of this team now. So, I'm guessing that you've probably played – have you played the Cowboys in recent years, being on the uh, NFC side of the ledger? When was the last, the last time you played these last cats? Year. You did? Okay. Yeah. So – Anything you can go to school on, like the roster for over there hasn't turned over terribly yeah, much. So changed. how much does that help you in terms of 
knowing their personnel. I mean, the scheme is one thing, but yeah. knowing the individual matchups and the tendencies and things like that. Yeah, you just got to get some on them. memory you got, your notebooks, maybe you're looking at your old notes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but also it's it's a it's a different defense as well, right? So right, right. how they attack you won't be how they did last year uh, when I played. So I was just looking forward to how it goes, but uh, I'm familiar with those guys. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Lamb is a guy that I know Taron's going to probably be busy with primarily, but they move mm-hmm. him around. Yeah, they move him around. They they like him at uh, every position, whether in the backfield, slot, at three, at one. Um, I mean, he's their guy, so they move him around and give him touches. What's the difference in atmosphere when you got meetings when, say, for instance, this year when you play a team like the New York Jets that are struggling offensively, they can't get out of their, you know, their own way. They're, they're trying to win the game you know, three to nothing yeah. kind of thing, like the Minnesota Vikings beat the, <laughs> beat yeah. the Raiders, right? Yeah. Those are kind of, but you get into a game of the Cowboys this year, and they're hanging 40 points a week on these teams, so it's a little different animal when you watch them on film and you start to get your game plan and when you mm-hmm. think okay if we miss this just a little we're we're in danger of getting yeah. one up yeah i mean they, they got the guys to to go distance um you just got to kind of slow them down um try to stop that as much as you can and just keep the run from um, getting too much because they right. run the ball good they usually win in the games they run the ball as well yeah. as you're kind of getting accustomed to your teammates particularly on the back end you know you look at christian benford and I don't think he's that much smaller than you, you know, stature-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of feel like he has the same style of play as you. I, he's a young guy, so I don't know if he mm-hmm. feels as comfortable <laughs> taking the same number of chances <laughs> that you do. Like, yeah. you have a better sense as to when you can gamble and when you can't. Yeah. And I still think he's kind of learning that. Mm-hmm. But do you see, like, some similarities with his playing style to yours? Because you're both kind of, you know, physical guys that – you know, mix, yeah. don't don't mind mixing it up, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And, and Good open field tacklers. Yep, and that's the thing. He can, he can do it all. You know, he can play off. He can press. Uh, he's good at it. Uh, I think this is all just keep coming with reps. Uh, the more reps you get, the more the game slow down for you, and then you're able to know when to take those chances and stuff. So I think that's all it is with him. But everything else, he got it. Yeah. When you get him, you come into Buffalo and you you leave Green Bay, and and it's this is the first time you switch teams in the NFL, right? I mean, it's not. Green Bay was where you came Well, no, he's bounced a little bit. Yeah. He's bounced a little bit. Early yeah. in his career. Tell me, yeah. what, was, um, what was your surprising thing when you got into Buffalo? Because you never know what it's going to be like when you come into a Yeah, team. you don't. So what was the surprising thing to buff- about Buffalo for you, either on and off the field? Um, it really was nothing. Really? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Kind of what you thought? Yeah, what yeah. you thought of. Because I, mean, yeah. I know these teams, they all say a football team is a football team. They are kind of alike, all of them. But it's different. Respect. So – Green Bay is like Buffalo because there's no basketball here, so right, there's no NBA. There's just football, no baseball, exactly. no, Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it's a football just, town, and that's just how Green Bay is. Yeah. Like Green Bay, there's nothing but football. So like, you don't even see nobody in the town until Friday comes. Of, <laughs> when you play Sunday. Like there's no one. It's like it's a right. ghost town until you're, yeah, you're in the Friday. desert basically exactly. until yeah. until game day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you I got that. Yeah, you got off to a hot start once you got on the field here. I mean, you had like four takeaways in your first three games in a Bills mm-hmm. uniform, people were going gaga over Rasul Douglas. What is it about the way the ball seems to find you? Because it's not, like we understand that you know, you're a student of the game, and so you'll choose your, your times to gamble wisely. But there's a ball flopping around on the field, and you're the first guy there picking it up. Like that's not You don't plan for that stuff. You've got to be in the right place for that. But sometimes, for some reason, the ball seems to find <laughs> you. Why? Why do you think that is? Just practice habits, man. Every time I'm I'm, pra- I'm at practice and a play goes on, I always try to run to the ball uh, every play because I know that's how the ball happens. Like, you never know what someone else's intention is on the ball. Right. So if they're going to knock it out and you're jogging, next thing you know it's on the ground, and then 
one of the offensive players get on it. But if you was running full speed, you could get there. You never know if a tip ball going to come and you're running full speed and tip. Oh, hey, thank you. So it's just like you always <laughs> just want to get yourself as closer to the ball because that's where the play is going to happen anyway. So yeah. I just train myself for that every practice, every play. I was like, I'm going to just try to get to the ball. I'm going to try to get the only time I don't really try that much sometimes is if it's like going real, real fast and like someone catches the ball on the far side, like that's the only time. But other than that, I'm gone. So this game coming up, get really good opponent. The Cowboys are coming in flying high. You've played, you played in Green Bay, now you're playing in Buffalo. Two teams, two towns that are known for like mm-hmm. in, late in the year, it's going to get bad. Mm-hmm. Dallas, is, they're three and three on the road, and they haven't played a game in this kind of weather this year. Yeah, uh, give us an idea of some of the nuance, some of the small differences that you got to take into consideration. You're going to play in cold weather, both offensively, defense. What do you look for when you got to adjust to the cold? Um. Well, I don't know what they got to look for because I, I've been in cold my yeah. whole life. I've yeah, never West Virginia. Yeah, I've ne- in the mountains yeah, in college. I've never played <laughs> yeah. in warm, so yeah. I think I'm only used to being in the cold. So my body kind of just adapts for the cold. Like I wake up, my body's already kind of warm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's already knowing mm-hmm. it's gone. But I mean, guys come here and it's it just makes a huge freezing. difference when you live in it. Yeah, yeah. Then when you're just visiting, when you get off the time. plane and slap you in the face, it's like <laughs> yeah, like we here now, you know. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's different. So I get it. Rasul, thanks for the time. We appreciate yes, you coming Thank in you. here fresh Thank off you. the practice field. Get yourself a nice hot shower. And yes, good luck sir. on yes, Sunday, sir. all right? Thank you, man. Thanks, I appreciate, man. appreciate it. That's cornerback yes, Rasul Douglas joining us here on One Bills Live. We will now go to the post-practice podium where Dalton Kincaid is addressing the media. What was it like having uh, Dawson back out there on, on Sunday? Uh, it's awesome. Um, I know he's been itching to get back out there, so just to you know see him get back out there, get acclimated again, uh, and then just even being in the huddle with him and, you know, you got another guy in your room out there. It's uh, it's uh, a lot more fun with him out there, I think. Just, you know, uh, he's been helping me out a lot uh, since he's been out just with tips and stuff. Um, so just to see him out there again is, is fun. I saw an increase in your production while Dawson was out. You've got like, kind of really settled into Now that he's back, how do you feel like Kyle and you are kind of like the um, I think it's just kind of, you know, figuring stuff out and just utilizing all the weapons. Um, we got a lot of good weapons on this team and on this offense. So, um, just, you know, finding the mismatches in games and, uh, exploiting them to the best of our ability. What do you feel like you're better at right now as opposed to Uh, I think experience. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, when you're out there and just, you know, doing stuff. Uh, it's a lot more helpful rather than just like hearing it and watching film. Um, so the experience uh, throughout the weeks has been super valuable. Um, so just you know building off of that. that experience. What does that tangibly lead to? How do you feel? Does that make you more comfortable running routes chemistry with Josh? What does that experience lead to? Uh, I think it just slows the game down a little bit, which kind of does all of those. Um, and once the game slowed down a little bit, um, you're more comfortable out there. And you just got a better understanding. What's uh, Diggs mean to the offense, even if he's maybe not having huge statistical games? The last couple haven't been maybe as big, but what's he do for the other guys, just his presence out there? I mean, besides the, the, the threat he brings to the game, uh, you know, defenses are forced to cover him. He's one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, he's a fantastic leader, and uh, he leads both by example and vocally. Uh, constantly throughout the game, he's walking, you know, pacing up and down the sidelines. Coming and talking to tight ends, then talking to the O line, talking to running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. Uh, I think he talks to the defense too quite a bit. Um, so he's just in love with the game, I think. Um, 
and you see that, especially on game day, just with how he communicates with everybody. And uh, I was out there with him on a play, and he he pointed, and he's like, "This guy's going here, and this guy's coming down, and help me get open." Um, so he's just uh, a very special player and a special teammate. Was that this past week against Kansas City, he did that. Is that frequent that he that he does things like that for you? Uh, it's every week. Yeah. How, how do you earn that respect of, of somebody like Diggs? Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think it's just you know going out and playing and you know showing that you're gonna put your all into it. Um, you know, anytime someone's kind of trying to give him trouble, being there and showing up. Uh, he made a joke. I think when we played the Jets, uh, when him and someone got into it, and he was like, "Where were you?" Uh, and I had been there. But I think he was kind of just messing with me a little bit. But um, I think just, you know, being consistent and showing up uh, week in and week out. How's your shoulder feel? A few days in the practice week, you feel it's progressing the way it should? Yeah, better each day. What's the most amount of games you played in college? point right now in the NFL season where I guess that's kind of what I'm going to ask is, you know, it's a later and later in the season, probably the most games you've played so far, correct? Yeah, probably 13, 13 or so, I think, in college. I guess how are you holding up? You know, is it starting to drag or are you starting to catch that second wind where you're like, uh, making a playoff push here? Uh, I think it's definitely that second wind. Um, I mean, you, you feel it. Uh, it's late in the season. Uh, but, I mean, everyone's really feeling it at that point. So I think that's when the mental toughness really pulls in. And uh, we got a, a pretty good veteran locker room. So just, you know, seeing how all those guys have done it um, and they've been through it and just hearing, you know, their their guidance and what worked for them, what didn't work for them. Um, so that's that's very helpful is having a, a good veteran presence on both offense and defense. Is that something that Dawson helps you with? I'm just trying to think oh, yeah. specifically in your room because yeah. he's been there. Not too, you know, kind of recently too. Yeah. I mean, he, he jokes and he's like, it, you know, it feels like it was my rookie year yesterday uh but he definitely you know gives guidance and tips and tricks here and there on everything to help out dog you said that the shoulder injury is kind of progressing uh, what happened with the thumb where did you suffer that injury um thumb was the week before or right before the bye week uh nothing major yeah did it make it hard catching the ball at all or has it been kind of annoying or what that what's happened uh it lingers a little bit, but it's, it's nothing serious. Don, what stands out just from your tape review so far of this Cowboys defense, knowing how effective they are really at any level, what just kind of jumps out to you? Uh, you know, they're, they're a good defense. Um, they've got good guys at, you know, every position on the field. Um, so just uh, it's going to help out a lot playing at home and having that, that home atmosphere and Bill's Mafia. But... Um, good defense and you know they're, they're good in uh, all three phases of the game so it'll be a good challenge offense to watch James Cook kind of elevate his level I'm sorry I came late if you were asked this already but you know to be one of the you know premier weapons now in this offense with the season he's had uh James been awesome I mean he's he's running the ball uh and he, he runs he runs hard um and you see it and when you're out there um but also the threat he has been in the past game um, I didn't get to really see much of it last year, not being here, but uh, seeing him this year has been uh, a lot of fun. What's he like in the room? He's a man of few words, but he's, he's funny. Um, 
and he's he's always meaning well in everything he says. I don't I don't know how to describe it. You know, some people are just funny to me, uh, and and Jimbo's one of those guys. Uh, he's just got a good sense of humor. Drives by the offense late in games the past couple of weeks. What is it about you know that unit and Josh in particular where you guys have the, the confidence in those situations? Um, I think it's just in practice. You know, we we we've kind of been there before, being out there in practice and going through those situations, um, and just knowing the offense that we have. Um, so going out there with the, the utmost confidence, you know, regardless of what position we're in and what situation. All right, that's Dalton Kincaid uh, addressing the media. Said James Cook's a hilarious guy. Loves his sense of humor, <laughs> and I I think people would be surprised because I'm he's sure a pretty they quiet would. dude. I'm but I think he's getting they'd be surprised. He's getting a little more comfortable in his skin. So we'll see. Uh, I think he's going to come out of his shell here real soon. He's uh, he's going to be addressing the media today. Unfortunately, we won't have time for that on this show. Got to take a break. Steve and I close it up next here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, back here on One Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and just some practice updates for you. Uh, Micah Hyde, A.J. Epinesa not participating again on practice, in practice today. They were considered week-to-week to, week to begin with, so in all likelihood long shots for Sunday's game. Uh, Dalton Kincaid was participating in practice, but he was in a red non-contact jersey. We'll await the Thursday injury report, which has yet to be released. Thursday night football, Steve. Is that tonight? It's a barn burner. Who is it? Chargers at Raiders. Easton Stick against Aiden O'Connell in an (laughs) AFC West showdown that means nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So you're looking forward to it. That's great. We should should watch this game so we're prepared for next week. Actually, we will. I'll be watching it. Yeah. That's it for us today. Steve and I will catch you tomorrow at 1 p.m. for a Thursday, a Friday edition. Yeah, yeah. Greg Cosell. Don't miss it. We'll see you at 1.